Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting. And Leaky Black Matt Norlander is here with me. He is social distancing at home. I'm social distancing at home. And not sure if you heard, but CBS Sports has partnered with the Atlanta Tip-Off Club to the point where the Naismith Awards are being announced on CBS Sports HQ. Men's and Women's Defensive Players of the Year. Uh, that was today on Wednesday. Men's and Women's Coaches of the Year, that's on Thursday. Men's and Women's Players of the Year, that's on Friday. And we're going to be recording short podcasts each day highlighting the winners. Like I said today, the winners were Bailey's Didi Richards and Kansas's Marcus Garrett. Those are your Defensive Players of the Year. Richards on the women's side, Garrett on the men's side. So congrats to them, obviously. Didi Richards, by the way, helped Baylor go 28-2, and finished third in the AP poll, would have likely been a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, but we didn't get that far. So I guess we'll never know for sure. Meantime, Marcus Garrett, he was a key part of KU's Big 12 title winning team. He beat Kentucky's Ashton Hagens, Duke's Trey Jones, and Baylor's Mark Vidal for the award. Norlander, did the right men's player win Defensive Player of the Year? Yes, this was my vote. Uh, I'm on the uh, the voting board for the Naismith Committee, the Atlantic Tip-Off Club slash Naismith Committee, and Garrett was my pick. I didn't agree with the final four. Um, uh, all very, very good defenders. Uh, Vital, for sure, should have been in there. I think Hagen's had a good, uh, good place to be in there. I, I think someone like Xavier Tillman w- would have been been a pick for me over someone like Trey Jones. I think there were other really good defenders out there. Uh, maybe not top four, but certainly that, you know, could have been on the top ten list but didn't make it. Tyshawn Alexander at Creighton certainly springs to mind. Herb Pope at Alabama, uh, another one. And we're not short on really good defenders. But Garrett was the best defender in college basketball this season. And not only that, but I spoke with Kansas Coast Bill Self about Garrett. And before I go into anything else, how about this? I'll just throw it right back to you. Bill Self told me Marcus Garrett's the best defender he's ever coached. Who am I to argue with Bill Self? I'm going to assume he knows his players better than I do. He's with them every day. Um, So Bill Self says that Marcus Garrett is the best defensive player he's ever coached. I'm going to take his word for it. You taking Bill Self's word for it? I am. And so, first of all, we're going to give a a shouts early to a couple of fellas here. So he said Garrett's the best Yudoka Azubuki is the second best. Yudoka Azubuki, by the way, won Defensive Player of the Year for the National Association of Basketball Coaches. So Bill Self coached two Defensive Players of the Year in the same season. Uh, but Garrett is the better defender, and he said as much. Uh, he said Doak just changed game plans more for teams, and that's obviously understandable. He's a beast and was one of the three best players in college basketball this season, on the whole, in my opinion. Um, but he said, so Garrett's one, Doak is two, and then shouts to Eric Coley. Do you know who Eric Coley played for? 
I, I'm going to guess Tulsa, but I can't. I don't know. You are absolutely correct. He played for Tulsa back in the day, end of the 90s. He said uh, Coley was really the only player he's ever had that was comparable to Garrett. Uh, those, were top, those were his top three. And then I'm gonna, i got to work in really one of my 20 or 25 favorite players of the past decade, plus Jeff Withy. Shouts to Jeff Withy. Not your first shouts on this podcast. He won Defensive Player of the Year in 2013 as a center. Um, certainly a great rim protector, great shot blocker. But it's got to be Garrett. Um, he can guard one through four. Self said the game against West Virginia in particular was one that was a standout and that West Virginia controlled it for about the first 33 minutes. And then he took over. He had four on-the-ball steals and completely changed the tone of the game. And just kind of praised Garrett's ability to not just study tape, because what will happen sometimes, he kind of shared a little bit of a window of, of, of how game prep can work in terms of players, GP. And he would say, you know, we'll go through game stuff, and guys will often, rightfully so, be focused on the other guy they got to be facing. Well, with Garrett, he would really take into account everyone that would be on the floor because we switch so much. He could be on the one, the three, the four, the two at any at any given point. And he said for his size, you know, Garrett's about 6'5", really good wing, um, he just he was as good, given his size, pound for pound, if you will, at guarding opposing power forwards, the foreman in general, as anyone in college basketball. So he had a ton of praise for for him on that end, and it's no it's no surprise and it's no coincidence that with Garrett and Azabuki and Dotson certainly Dotson Devon Dotson, a credible defender in his own right, not quite at the level of the other two, but you look up and this is the best defensive team Bill Self has ever had at Kansas. Uh, they finished second in defensive efficiency behind only Virginia. And when I was preparing for this, because I knew we were going to be talking for uh, uh, talking about Marcus Garrett, you know, you just start doing Google searches. It's a story that I had missed during the season, but uh, our buddy C.J. Moore, who covers Kansas for the Athletic, um, had a really nice story back in February on the you know getting into the mind of defensive genius. Uh, Marcus Garrett. I don't think that was the exact headline, but it's something along those lines. And the attention to detail, um, the information he's able to retain, um, CJ would explain, like I would ask him about this one sequence in this one game two weeks ago, and he, he explains it in great detail. Then I go back and watch it, and it's exactly like he explained. So he seems to be super high IQ guy, basketball IQ guy, and uh, a, you know somebody who really takes – you know, that side of the court seriously, which I guess goes without saying, given he's the national defensive player of the year, but um, just really impressed that, and, and not only, you know, what you learn about Marcus in that story, but the way his coaches talk about him, and it's not just Bill, it was also Curtis Townsend, the way his teammates talk about him, um, he seems like a, a, a really valuable, um, you know, a piece to, an incredible puzzle that Kansas had this season that um, that all of his coaches and, and and teammates really appreciate. In other words, I guess this is the best way I could put it. Uh, when we talk about Kansas, most of the time we talk about Dotson, we talk about Doak. Um, you know, Marcus Garrett was uh, maybe not as important to what Kansas did as those guys, but he was up there pretty high in on the list of things that were important to Kansas being awesome this season. Yeah, I'll also note real quick as you were talking, it popped in my head. I don't know how often this happens, but the Big 12 can claim the best defensive players in college basketball, men's and women's uh, hoops this season with D.D. Richards at Baylor 
and then and, and then Garrett at Kansas. And Baylor actually came pretty close with Mark Vital, who I, I would have had number two in the overall pecking order right behind Garrett. So shout out to the Big 12 for being able to do that. I don't think that would be a, a very common thing. If you're curious on Garrett's numbers, uh, 9.2 points, 4.5 rebounds, 4.6 assists. He he was on the floor constantly. In fact, Self said he got so good and, and adept offensively in distributing the ball and in addition to just how great he was defensively, they couldn't – he said, like, down the stretch, like, you know, we're fighting for a one seed and we're trying to uh, get that Big 12 tournament title. He just became indisposable. We couldn't take him off the floor. He was third in minutes played in the Big 12 this season overall. So he did become, in many ways, truly, like, from a coaching perspective, when you're going through the course of a game and you're prepping and you're making substitutions, you're adjusting, he's as valuable – as Azabuki and probably more than Dotson in that regard. And so, you know, Kansas can now say we were the number one team in the rankings, the number one team in the metrics. We had the best defensive player in college basketball. Hell, we probably had two of the top ten easily in college basketball. And it really caps off a, uh, a significant season for them. And, you know... I, I asked Self, I said, listen, I don't know, you know, what the projections here are, but, you know, I don't get the sense that although Garrett's an incredible defender and he's really he's getting better, I'm not sensing that he is the kind of player that is going to, uh, if he so chooses to clear, like wouldn't necessarily be a surefire kind of draft pick kind of deal this season. And they, uh, he might enter into that situation, and who really knows the timeline on all this GP. So if we find that Marcus Garrett's going to test the waters, that won't be surprising. But the expectation is that he comes back for next season, and that's a that's an important thing because we'll wait and see on Dotson. I'd love to see Dotson come back as well. Doke is obviously gone. Who knows what awaits Kansas next season at all in terms of whether or not the NCAA for sure because of this coronavirus situation we have going will it hand out its punishment on kansas and will that impact postseason eligibility will it impact how long bill self could be facing suspensions there's a lot of questions out there but you could have the defensive player of the year in college basketball returning to a blue blood program that is obviously something that in the past two decades is a rarity um even if they do lose devon dodson and i think that's the expectation um, you know, Kansas had eight players average double figures in minutes this past season. Now, Marcus Garrett was obviously one of them. Uh, five of them should be back. Five of the eight should be back. And so that's why Kansas is going to be a consensus preseason top 10 team. One thing I didn't realize until I, you know, again, started prepping for this. He led the Big 12 in assist. I, I would know. have never guessed that. Exactly. I wouldn't have guessed it either. And he had a really good, I don't have it off the top of my head, but his his assist to turnover ratio was also extremely good. I know. Kansas got the benefit of really having two players that could run the offense, run it well. And I was surprised that he, uh, I, I discovered that as well in writing our news around it. But yes, it, it really speaks to, again, how indisposable that he was. And I don't think a lot of people realize it. Hell, I'm sure a lot of people listening to the podcast are just learning of that now. But yeah, 4.6 assists per game that was tops in Big 12. And only 1.7 turnovers. Uh, so that's how you get a, a pretty nice assist to turnover uh, ratio. On the team, he was third in minutes played, fourth in points, second in rebounds, first in assists, second in steals. So again, just a, a really important piece. Among the reasons they went 28-3 and three and would have been the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. Kind of upset you didn't make that Tulsa basketball player um, question and official trivia time. I feel like I missed out on a trivia time opportunity there where I smashed it out of the park. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I mean, listen, the next time that I can introduce a Tulsa-related trivia time to you, I certainly can and will I, I can and will do that, uh, but my apologies. Hey, r- real quick, though, I just wanted to, since we're specifically talking about uh, the Depoy, if you will, Defensive Player of the Year, um, it was nice to see that the collective voting body, I think, got this right again. A couple other uh, candidates there, definitely worth strong consideration to me, when you take a guy like Garrett, see what he's able to do and how agile he is defensively, I think he's a worthy winner. Um, judging players off defense is tough because it's not just all about steals or not necessarily all about blocks. It's about what the things you do that don't always necessarily pop out and stuff that won't provide itself on a stat sheet. So I think a lot of the time you are relying, quite frankly, on the commentators who played the game and the coaches who go up against these other players to help inform us of this process because I think sometimes you can actually have really good defensive players who don't get enough confidence because playing awesome defense and shutting down a guy is just it's not going to make for compelling copy if you will GP it's not going to be something we lead podcasts off with most of the time if you will so this was a nice thing to see because I think defense um at the individual level in college basketball, probably gets overlooked maybe just a, a little more than it should. Sure, because I, I think sometimes casual fans, and I don't say that to be dismissive of anybody, but they go, ooh, so-and-so averages 2.2 steals a game. He's a great defensive player. Well, not if he's gambling all game right. and, 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 and getting beat. And, you know, so, okay, he tips a couple away a game. Yeah, but how many times did he get beat when he gambled unnecessarily? So steals, I mean, that means something. Deflections, it means something. But, you know, the person who leads the nation in steals isn't necessarily a great defensive player. And so, I mean, I'll be honest. uh, Often when I'm talking to coaches about this type of stuff, I want to hear what they say. Because they're the ones breaking this stuff down. Um, They're the ones in practice every day. Like who really guards for you? Like if you you got to get a stop, who do you want trying to get that stop? And there was a press conference, looked like a pregame press conference with you know like day before game type deal with Bill Self um, from early in the season that I stumbled into, and he was talking uh, glowingly about Marcus and the value he brings to the team, and he just said like, listen, you know we we figure out who's the main guy we got to stop, and that's the guy we want to put Marcus Garrett on because somebody has to question. And it was an innocent enough question, just sort of maybe phrased a little poorly, but they were like, so what's the ideal matchup for Marcus when Marcus is on the defensive end? And Bill was like, well, I guess um, somebody who uh, can't handle the ball and isn't very quick, like that'd be great for him and everybody else. Like that's who you want to guard is <laughs> somebody who's not very good. He's like, but Marcus can guard anybody. And uh, that's how you win National Defensive Player of the Year. And not anybody. Like, I, I think you you put it accurately. He could guard one through four. I, I don't know that he, you'd want him guarding fives. I guess he could probably pull it off. But he could comfortably guard one through fours. And there, there's just there's, – there's real value to that. It doesn't always jump off of the box score. Um, but trust me, Big 12 coaches know. How, how valuable he is. He was, and so shouts to him. And, uh, yeah, again, shouts to the other the finalists there. So uh, Garrett gets a, a trophy for his case, if you will. Kansas has another uh, piece of acclaim, if you will. And it's sort of a way to uh, to wrap a season that, you know, it can claim it was the best team in college basketball objectively. 
and uh, this is uh, putting a bow on it. So as we look ahead, just so you know, we're going to reveal on CBS Sports HQ on Thursday, and again, we will have another podcast to talk about a few things. I'll try and somehow work in a Tulsa trivia time on Thursday. Might be a little bit hard, but we will get another trivia time in there. Just so people are aware, though, the finalists in 2019-2020 on the men's and women's side for Coach of the Year. Men's side, uh, you've got – well, how about this trivia time? You may know mm. this. Trivia time. Who won it last year? Naismith Coach of the Year. Who won Naismith Coach of the Year last year? Yeah. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. Mm. Let me – I'm not going to – I promise I'm not looking I don't think won. you're – I think – I think if I gave you three guesses, you wouldn't get it. It's not a tough. It's not a tough one, but I don't think you'd get it. Okay, I'm going to take three guesses then. Okay. One guess is going to be Roy Williams. Incorrect. Another guess is going to be Kelvin Sampson. Incorrect. Damn it. Another guess is going to be. Mike Young? No, but that's actually a good guess. Um, and I'm sure he got a, a solid amount of votes. Shouts to Wofford, uh, the answer. And I, I'm guessing the um, the voting on this Naismith uh, would have come in. Mick Cronin, Mick Cronin. Incorrect. <laughs> you wish it was, though. Uh, Mick be. Cronin got it locked down for 2021, I'm sure. Um, I'm thinking the voting came in before the tournament got going. It was Rick Barnes, Tennessee. I almost said him, and then I was like, I thought he might have won it the year before. Yeah, exactly. He would have had a case there as well. But, yes, Rick Barnes won Naismith in 2019. For 2020, we have four finalists. Here they are in alphabetical order. Scott Drew at Baylor, Brian Dutcher at San Diego State, Anthony Grant at Dayton, and Leonard Hamilton at Florida State on the men's side. On the women's side, you've got Adia Barnes at Arizona, Kelly Graves at Oregon, Joe McCown at Northwestern and Dawn Staley at South Carolina. We will reveal the winners of both of those on CBS Sports HQ at noon Eastern on Thursday. And then after HQ is done, you're going to see a podcast pop into your feed promptly at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll get some more gabbing going on. So you got that. Looking forward to you, which ain't so bad. Shout to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. He's a legend. Shouts to Larnell. Please go subscribe to the Iowa College Basketball Podcast. Rated favorably. Five stars. Nice comments. And we will talk to you again on Thursday. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.